Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 4, Episode 8. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Joy Pittman. Known as an unprecedented force in the field of human resources and business management, Joy A. Pittman is a solutionist, strategist, and thought partner. Armed with a master's degree in human resources management, bachelor's degree in economics, and certifications as a senior human resources professional in her current role, Joy serves as a trusted advisor and business partner to C-suite and executive level leadership. Beyond the boardroom, Joy is a keynote speaker, panelist, and facilitator. She is the CEO of JVP Legacy Consulting, LLC, where she fulfills her passion for educating and empowering others by providing effective and efficient strategies to visionaries, entrepreneurs, small business, and not-for-profit decision makers. In addition, Joy is the creator of Still Arriving, her personal content website, and the producer and host of The Joyride, her web series that introduces her audience to thought leaders, content experts, and industry professionals. Through these platforms, Joy aims to foster personal empowerment, multi-generational connection, knowledge sharing, and inclusion within the business environment. It is her desire to use her voice, her words, and her presence to challenge societal assumptions regarding power and privilege. A champion for diversity in the recentering of underrepresented identities in marginalized communities, Joy serves on the Associate Board of Grace Outreach, a, non- a nonprofit organization fostering women's empowerment through higher education, and is a member of the New York Urban League of Young Professionals. Her proven methods of business development, risk avoidance, strategic planning, and implementation allow her to facilitate operational efficiency while you focus on pursuing your passion. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Joy Pittman. All right, Joy, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. And I appreciate you guys having me. I'm so excited to be able to share um, on your platform. You're welcome. So I've read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for educating, equipping, and empowering your clients in business and human resource management. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Absolutely. Let's go. Okay. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one Mm -hmm. shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Joy? I do. I do. And can you tell us why you feel this way? One thing that I started unpacking a little while ago, just in trying to make peace with myself as a woman of color about things related to power and privilege and how those things really always existed in predominantly white male spaces was understanding that 
wherever I sit, there's someone looking at me or mimicking me or watching my progress as a means of defining their own. And I think that's a lot of what leadership is. So every leadership position is not title-based or based on people actually even openly acknowledging, right? The little girl who watches her mom comb her hair and combs her hair the same way is being led. And I think we missed a lot of opportunities to see ourselves as leaders in those lights. But I think there's a leadership component to all of us in that somebody else is looking at either the path that we've been on, the path we're on, something we've done that they're looking at to either mimic or learn from. And in that way, we're all leaders. Okay, thank you for that. And you brought up a key point that I totally agree with is that we're leading and sometimes we're not acknowledged in that space. So we may not know that someone is mimicking us or using us as their leader or role model, but yet it's still happening. So thanks for bringing that out. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a a better leader with Mm -hmm. the intention of helping others do the same. Joy, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? So one quote that I love, I don't know who said it, but I've I've used it constantly, is a leader without followers is just taking a walk. And so for the code of leadership that I always look back on and say, you know, in all this magic that I'm doing from a leader perspective, um, when I look back, if I can't see anyone, then I've just taken a walk. And when I say see anyone, meaning how are people developing as a result of my example? How are they progressing behind me? Is their work growing? Is their craft being enhanced, right? So if I am, like I'm an HR professional. So in my HR space, if the person I've been working with for a year hasn't developed in their competencies, isn't working at a higher level, right? Then I've just taken a walk in my interaction with that person. So my code of leadership is to always stop and make sure that I haven't embarked on some journey alone and that the people that are behind me, for lack of better wording, are still close enough to me to show that they can still see me and that they're progressing in themselves as they follow. I think the other stuff about leadership style and, you know, whether you are a charismatic leader or, you know, whether you're data driven, I think all that stuff is stylistic. But I think my universal code is, can I see the folks behind me? If I can't, then that, that clues me to stop go back and get them, figure out where I lost them, right? And make sure that they keep coming up. Um, If they're surpassing me, right, that either means I did a good job or I'm not maintaining my level of expertise, but it's always about checking the people that I'm supposed to be leading and using them as a gauge to see how effective I'm, I'm being in my leadership. Okay, thank you for that. I like that. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Joy, can mm-hmm. you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Um, so my view of failure is an opportunity to do something over differently and to make those adjustments. I know that it sounds very cliche. People, oh, you learn a lot more from failure than you do from success. But that's really kind of my viewpoint on it. I think that in the opportunities that I've done well, I haven't been, especially much earlier in my career, I kind of try to do it now, but when you succeed, there's no, we normally don't feel the reason to look back and say, what could I have done better because you succeeded, right? So if I get a 98 on a test, 
most people don't look back and say, well, dang, how did I miss that hundred? You know, how did I miss that extra credit? But if you get a 65 on that exam, right, you're going to look back and try to find all the areas where you could have done better to excel. So I think that failure creates those opportunities for us to do some self-assessment and self-evaluation and to see how we can show up better. I also think that it creates a space for us to reevaluate the why behind the what. There are some things in life that I failed at and I failed at them because I wasn't supposed to be doing them. And rather than kind of keep fighting against trying to prove to people that I, I could just succeed in this, it gave me an opportunity to sit back and really assess why I was doing it, how it served me, right? How um, it was necessary for what I was trying to do. And some things I didn't revisit, some things I actually moved on. Um, so I think that failure just creates a space for thinking. It's a thinking space. Um, and a space to reevaluate yourself, your circumstance, your what, your why, your how, and to show up a little bit better, differently. I also think it's just a part of life. I think that we overemphasize failure as this thing that, you know, you can actually circumvent. You really, there's no way in life that you're going to navigate life perfectly, right? My mom says that's why they put erasers on pencils, that you, there is no perfect life navigation. So I think failure is just a part of our existence. And we should embrace that like we embrace success because it's all part of getting us to the next phase. Okay. You said a few things that I like. Embrace failure as you embrace success because it's all a part of life. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. And I love evaluate our why behind our what. That was great to really help us determine are we doing what we're supposed to do anyway? Because that may be why we can't. It may be why we fail, right? It may be our focus may not be where it should be. So yeah, evaluation is important. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay. So Joy, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? (laughs) Let me pick which one. Right. I failed, one of my major fails, and I had to revisit it a number of times, was my failure to be a leader and a follower simultaneously. I was in a position where I was number two, and I failed at being a good number two, even though it was a leadership role. And to expound on that, there were times where my number one, my boss, was struggling, right, in some of the areas that I was stronger in. And rather than really support her and kind of undergird her and show her how to get it done while still allowing her to maintain the respect of her indirect reports, which were the people I was directly leading, I exposed her. Right. I exposed that she wasn't she didn't know certain things and she was asking me for those things. I complained about it. And what I did was not only was I a poor follower, but for the people who I was leading directly that were indirectly reporting to her, I failed to show them how we shore up and support one another. Right. And that leaders also need support. Like I missed that. And I learned that lesson a little later on when I was in the head and I had a number two like me. And I had a deficient area and that person kept exposing those deficiencies. And I had to, you know, rather than sit in, you know, sit in the space of how this person was treating me immediately, it came to my attention. Like you did this to somebody else. And this is how that felt. I mean, I had to go back to that person and apologize and just say, I could have showed up better for you. But that was one of my leadership fails. I think that I could talk about, well, you know, I tried to do this project and I didn't do it successfully. I tried this implementation. Those are kind of natural. But this one was just I didn't show up for my team 
both the team above me and below me the way I should have. And as a result, I caused a lot of disconnect. Um, And so that was one of my major fails. And what I learned from that is, you know, again, leaders have needs that need to be supported, but also how you follow is a part of leadership. And so that was one of the major fails I had, but I think I got a great lesson from it. And I think I'm a better leader and follower today because of it. Okay, thank you. I love that. You said something we don't have to turn into a quote. How you follow is a part of leadership. <laughs> That's that. I mean, that, that just yeah, really, yeah. That really stood out to me. And I love how you said you, yeah. you have to support whether you're the leader or not, you know, supporting the person above you or the person that has a leadership role higher than yours, not only supports them, but also shows the people behind you how you may need to be supported. So that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. I like that. I like that you've decided to highlight that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, Joy. So do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? (laughs) You really got new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it depends on where you are. I think that there are moments that me being a woman, and I think it's hard for me to separate my femininity from my ethnicity. So I always feel like I have to package black women kind of together because it it does frame things differently. I think that there are spaces that I can walk into as a woman leader where people may be more receptive of me because I have blackness and femininity on my side in certain circles, right? So a lot of the doors that I've been able to walk into entrepreneurially, I've been invited into, I mean, even this platform, right? I'm walking into because I'm a woman and I'm a woman of color. So that has afforded some things. I think that in relation to some of my client engagements and because of the work that I do around strategy and HR management development, I think that being a black woman and being a black woman that doesn't look like I'm over 50 because I'm not, put me in a place where people are constantly challenging and directly and indirectly challenging my expertise. You know, how can you really know this? So even after hiring me, the position with them in relation to my recommendations always feels like I have to prove it as opposed to it being accepted that you hired me to give you these recommendations because of whatever you saw. And so this is what the recommendation is. So I think it's harder in most places. I think that most of the places that impact my money, it's harder, right? So those paying clients and those businesses that you're trying to get into, it's harder. I think as far as platforms, it's been a little easier because I think that the black female voice is a voice that the world is listening for a lot more now. I don't know that they're paying us though. Everybody wants to hear what we have to say, but they don't necessarily want to pay us to say it, right? And so a lot of it, um, I think it's been easier, harder, where I I have spaces that my voice is welcome, um, but when it gets to the next part of that invoice, people are a little hesitant. So I feel like it has a lot to do with people still managing. They kind of, I think people are still managing biases and managing their feelings and their assumptions. I think that women and women of color have always been entertaining for people, right? How we show up, how we look, that's been part, that's always been accepted. I think that taking us seriously has been a struggle. And I think that it doesn't change even in this entrepreneurial space that people like our sass, they like how we show up, they like certain things about how we present, 
but they still haven't transitioned fully to taking us seriously around the table and in the boardroom, there's still that disconnect. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I, I do agree with you. It does yeah. depend on the situation and mm-hmm. women and especially women of color can be challenged yeah. by people or not taken mm-hmm. seriously for, like you said, from history and things in the past and people mm-hmm. still managing their biases. So that, that was a great, yeah. great point to, yeah, to well, bring I mean, up. Yeah. I mean, people, I look at Maxine Waters and people love that she shows up how she shows up. Right. But are we are we loving it from the standpoint of like, you know, she served a good read or are we are we hearing the seriousness behind what she says? And I think we get caricatured a little bit. Right. When Mm -hmm. we show up and we're saying these things and it becomes a trend, it becomes like a clap back. It, It gets cartooned a little bit. And when you dig beneath that, you know, there's really a message to some of the stuff that, you know, that reclaiming my time and there's a message to some of that stuff, but I think it gets lost, right? Because it it becomes sensationalized. So you hear us, you're entertained by us, but I don't think that we've really made that progress yet where people are taking us fully seriously and hearing what we're saying the way they would hear it if it came from a different gender or a different complexion. Mm, Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay, thanks for that. Productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. (laughs) Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Joy, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? So this is going to sound really counterproductive, but I think that the tip that I've worked best through with my productivity has been self-care. And I say that mainly because when I'm taking care of myself, meaning how I eat, making sure that I spend that extra time getting some sleep, making sure, you know, I take that visit to the gym. When I'm doing those things, how I show up and the quality of what I get done in the same amount of time increases. So when I'm not working 15 hours, right, as opposed to being able to get that sleep and then wake up, things are fresher, they're clearer, Um, my execution is more deliberate. So I know it sounds like making time for self-care helps you make time. I absolutely believe that's true. And so that would be my number one productivity tip. If I could give people carve out time to address the things that are important to you and the things that you have to have happen, get your groceries you know what I mean? Organize the things that you have to do for your kids. Carve that time out so that you can carve out those four or five really productive hours where you're not all over the place and disengaged because you're thinking about all the things that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. for me, if I spend eight hours sitting in front of my computer, but I'm thinking about my laundry and thinking about did I respond back to that impl- that manager and did I send that invoice and did I pay my rent, right? That's I'm maybe getting two hours out of that time as opposed to if I carve out these four hours and I've made the other four hours to do that stuff and I'm getting the best out of that four hours. So yes, you can do time management. You can create a box for everything. Doing that is important, but if you don't take time to take care of yourself and that doesn't always mean manis and petties. Sometimes that just means taking time to make time for the things that you deem important. If it's bay time, right? If it's, I like to tuck my kids in, whatever that is, Make time for that so that the hours that you actually spend focusing on productive work get the focus and that you are doing the things that you need to do for you so that when you're sitting there being productive, right, your mind is. If I could tell a short story, I love cheese, but I'm also allergic to dairy. These things do not exist in the same 
<laughs> phase. <laughs> so what would happen is I would stay up late snacking. I would get pizza. I would get stuff that my body didn't love. And then in the morning, I'd be behind because my stomach would be a mess. Like I would just feel trashy the next morning. So my days were always getting pushed back. And something small like eliminating dairy from my diet, right, meant that that extra hour or two in the morning I'm spending trying to get my soul together because I stayed up late eating this pizza while I was working on this client product got eliminated. It was a small level of self-care, but it helped me show up better. So now I'm working. I don't have, you know, and it, it, sometimes it's the little things. I think we've made some of this stuff very complex, but it's those little tiny adjustments sometimes that help us have more quality to our time. Sometimes it's not about making more time. It's adding the quality to the time. So if it's taking a walk, if it's a yoga class, if it's clearing your mind, right? If it's going to bed on time, whatever it is, I think that helps you with productivity. That's my productivity tip. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And that must be a trend for this year. Well, no, last year as well. So you're not the first person to say that. And I do mm-hmm. agree that how they say we can't pour from an yeah. empty cup, right? So if we're not full, how can we mm-hmm. like said, show up where we need to show up? So I do agree that eating properly, sleeping properly allows us to be more productive. And I love what you said, have more quality to our time. I love that. Mm-hmm. You reminded me one change I've made is to make sure that I sit down and watch a movie or two during the week with my son because that's Mm -hmm. important to me. And we can be so busy that we kind of forget about everything besides business. But a lot of other things besides business is important to us. So we have to make sure that we take Uh, care of those as well. And spark creativity, right? If I'm looking at my work product all the time, you know, I'm entrenched in me. So I've had, I don't, I'm sure you've had it too. You'd be watching a movie and have an epiphany about your business that you wouldn't have had if you had just sat there and stared at it. So sometimes mm-hmm. kind of backing up and sucking up the world a little bit gives you creative space to just walk away from it. And then you end up, end up back at it anyway, but now you have a fresh lens. So yeah, absolutely. Watch a movie, you know, cut out that thing that doesn't make you feel good, whatever it is and work on creating that quality around your time. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So Joy, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Experience that blessed my leadership. So about three years ago, I had, I was blessed by a leader who was a very selfless leader, which I hadn't had a lot of those. So I had a lot of leaders who there was always, you could always see where they were benefiting from the thing that they were trying to roll out. And this particular person led very selflessly and in so doing kind of lifted me up in a way where she allowed me to be more visible. She allowed me to take trainings that the organization paid for. Like she just really kind of allowed me to step forward in a way that I wasn't always, I wasn't fully prepared for, but it also allowed me to, I think sometimes with development or with leadership, we keep thinking of our, our upward trajectory. And when you look at a tree, it grows up, but under the ground, the roots are growing out right? Like roots don't just grow straight down into the ground. They grow in like this, you know, this kind of widened, expansive way. And so she gave me an opportunity to expand. I think that that was really important to my leadership because had I just kept growing upwards without that expansion, I would have been like one of those things that just gets tall to a point where it just starts to lean over and fall over because there's nothing, there's no width at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think it really blessed my leadership development and that I was able to to gather some weight and some root 
to what it is that I was learning and to actually put some action behind it. It built my confidence also, right? Because you get more confident when you're actually able to experiment with some of these things and see them come out on top. So I think having a leader who was okay with someone else shining was a blessing to me as a developing leader. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes. And I do agree that I believe we need more leaders that are okay with allowing others to shine Mm -hmm. because that is the true essence of leadership. It actually makes that leader look better where some people feel like it will make them, it'll take away from them if if the spotlight is on someone else. But if you're the one that put the spotlight there or that helped the spotlight to shine brighter there, then you get some accolades Mm -hmm. too. So let's all win together. I love that. You do. I think there's also important to me, what it taught me was also to find my own confidence. I think that a lot of times we're leading from insecure places and it Mm -hmm. shows up. Okay. So if I'm insecure and I'm developing somebody, the moment I see something in that person that may shine brighter than my light, I'm going to try to quiet their light. My insecurity mm. is going to trigger me to want to do that, right? And yeah. it may not, I may not be a bad person. It may not be intentional. Everybody's not a hater. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, we're controlled by our internal stuff that we haven't dealt with. So mm-hmm. it really inspired me and pushed me to say, Joy, deal with your issues, right? Deal with when a new person comes in or when that younger woman comes in, the thing that you immediately go, mm, look at her, she thinks she's cute. Check that <laughs> immediately, right? Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Is it because you gained that 20 pounds and she don't have them 20 pounds and you what is it right and it, it really it pushed me into thinking about what type of leader I wanted to be and how I wanted to be secure enough in who I was to be able to platform somebody else yeah so I think that was really something that I took away from and it, it really blessed me but sometimes it goes back to that leading is you know I can't lead somebody where I haven't been and I can't lead from an, un, an inconfident and an insecure place. And I think that's what really, there are a lot of people who have great potential to lead and those insecurities shut them down every time because they're not willing to let people grow and develop past where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Okay. So find your confidence, ladies, if you haven't already done so. Mm-hmm. All right. So Joy. Please. I mean, the world is always reminding us about what we should feel bad about, you know, yes. like it's work to find that confidence because we're constantly told, especially as women of color. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you um, Especially as women of color, we're constantly reminded like that there's only one seat at the top. Like there's yes. this conversation yes. that there's only one of us. There's only one man standing, you know, that's not true. And if we can really understand that we would do better, but The world packs us in with insecurities from our hair, how we look, how we, you know, our body shapes, how we talk, how we, there's always something reminding us that we're not good enough. And I think it becomes very hard to quiet that, but it's work really quieting that really puts you in a space to really, really, really be able to lift up another, not just another sister, another person in general, Mm -hmm. but especially for us, because it almost seems like, you know, there's this magical one seat that some kind of way we're all going to end up, the higher we get up, right? We're, at some point, the battle will be between you and I. We're the last two, and we just got to fight over this one chair. That's so not true, right? And so I think we, if we force ourselves to unpack some of that and really deal with those issues, it'll help us show up better. Thank, Thank you for letting you. me get that in. No problem. <laughs> no, and I like what you yeah. said. I recently wrote an article about that because I feel like, though, in corporate settings, there is maybe like one seat 
you know, usually for mm-hmm. women, and that could be a woman of any color. So unfortunately, women of color don't usually get mm-hmm. for a woman that's not of color. Yep. But what I have been seeing right. is that women are creating their own tables or they're bringing their own chairs to the yep. table. So we are we are making our way. But I can understand where that mindset came from, because in the past, yeah. it was a fight. But now it doesn't have to be as much so. so. It doesn't. And their table's not the only table, right? Yes. Like to your point... I can build a table. There are plenty of tables. So while there, before I'll compete with you over the one seat at your table, let me get some wood and build me a table. Yes. Right. And then I control the seats. And I think that's even with the spark of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, amongst women of color, I think it speaks more to the fact that we've just gotten tired of waiting for seat, that one seat at their table. And we, exactly. we figured it out. Like there's more wood there are more tables to be built and then we have a little bit more control on the seats. And I think I I love it. I love it. And I I think we should continue in that trend, but in doing so, not walking away with the rejection from their table and bringing that to our table and then treating people that way. Yes. Yes. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So Joy, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Figure out who you are first. Figure out what you like, what you don't like. Figure out the things that trigger you and the things that don't. Figure out, take some time to understand how you, when you're at your best and when you're at your worst and what triggers that. And take some time to understand how you interact with other people. And I say that because most of leadership is actually not about us. It's really about how we are able to morph and navigate ourselves to get the best out of other people. So if you're not a morning person, that's great. But if you have people who come in in the morning and say good morning to you, as the leader, you you can't not respond because you don't feel like talking till 12. Like, those are things that we have to kind of be cognizant of. And I think I wish someone had told me that earlier in my career, because I think early in my career, I was focused on the work. My work product is good. My work product is good. My work product is good. And that was only maybe about 30 or 40% of leadership. The rest of leadership is how you're able to make the business argument, how you're able to alleviate barriers for the people that you're leading, how you're able to coach them and mentor them and guide them. And you can't do that if you're not clear about how you're responding how you're showing up, right? And so that part, somebody told me much later on, it was a conversation about my poker face and they were like, Joy, your face reads everything (laughs) that you're thinking in the meeting. And, you know, I appreciate your authenticity, but it can be off-putting because it seems like you're not open. And what they were saying was, a person's giving you an idea, you've already decided the idea is stupid. Three words in. Your face has told them that you think it's stupid three words in. So you've already given them the feeling that there's no point in continuing to communicate with you. You shut down that whole community. And Mm -hmm. I had to think about that. But again, it was an awareness of how do I viscerally respond to things? You know, how do I, when am I my best self? It was little stuff like there's a certain person who used to trigger me that I was dealing with at, at an earlier time in leadership and they would get on my nerves in the morning. I couldn't talk to them in the morning on the way to work because it would frame my day. So I would walk into work with, you know, sour and then I'm talking to my staff crazy. So it, it really was about understanding what it required for me to show up as my best self. That's really the best leadership tool. I think, you know, some of this stuff, they've done so much research around leadership. 
and leadership styles and, you know, how to influence people and how to make friends. I think most of that stuff we can get out of the textbook. People don't really tell us about the us in leadership. Like Mm -hmm. that no matter what style you choose, who you are at some point is going to show up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't address who you are in those moments, you can learn all the models, you can study all the books, you can, you can do it all. In moments of pressure, you're going to show up. And if you haven't figured out how to manage you and how to manage all that stuff and how to really correct some of the stuff with you, moments of pressure will show up. You'll show up in those moments of pressure and you may actually undo all of your great leading to that point. And I've done that. I've totally sabotaged myself in meetings because a person knew how to push my button, right? Mm -hmm. And walked out of that meeting having pretty much thrown away all of my credibility because I didn't know how to manage that one person. That person managed me in a meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that leading part really, really says we have, a lot of us have to spend a little bit of time with us there's a lot of who you are that keep that will continue to show up in your business, in your leading style, in your interactions, especially in moments of pressure. So if that means get a therapist, if that means unpacking some things, if that means a safe space and a friend, however that works. But some of us have bottled up trauma, right? Like mm-hmm. life trauma, especially again, women of color. You know, we can they let us cry for a little while and you gotta pack it all away and get back to life we may need spaces to think about how to unpack that stuff safely because it comes up. Mm -hmm. It absolutely comes up. Just if I can add a personal just story to that, I had a leader. I had an employee who reminded me of a leader I had in the past that was very nasty to me. And what I had begun to do was kind of mistreat that person a little bit because they reminded me of somebody else. Mm -hmm. I never unpacked the trauma from that relationship. So, you know, I was generally fair. I wasn't like writing them up and, you know, making up stories on them, but my willingness to entertain them was really stifled because of somebody unrelated to them. Wow. Like totally different experience, Mm -hmm. but I didn't sit in that. I know women who have told me, you know, I, I can't stand leading men. And some of that is, how the men have showed up, but some of that is we haven't dealt with, and I hate to be kind of throw this back up, but like some of us haven't dealt with daddy issues and, you know, failed relationships or the things that, so men come into our space and we're immediately like, you know, like, you know, he, he, he going to hear what I have to say. Like we're kind of like getting real authoritative and like gearing up Mm -hmm. on these brothers. And it's like, he's not that guy. Now, not to say that they can't do better, Right. But sometimes Mm -hmm. we're gearing up because we're reacting to somebody else. So sometimes we do have to sit in and unpack some of those disappointments and where it's left us. I know um, women, especially in our community, dealing with child loss. Right. Some of how we deal when women are going through that stage. Can I show up for my employee when she's happy about having her baby and I've lost mine? How do I show up for that woman? How do I support her? I'm leading her. How do I not come across like I don't care when it's really my stuff? You know, like we take a lot of our stuff and pack it up, but it shows up, Mm -hmm. you know, and how we really support the people we lead. So I think that, you know, that's the one thing I don't that's the one thing that I've worked with constantly is unpacking me and how am I triggered by my staff and how am I triggered by the things that they're going through and am I able to show up for them instead of, and you know, do I need that cup of coffee to not be a monster in the morning, right? Like what do I need <laughs> to get there and show up best for them? And then making sure that I take responsibility for creating that for myself. And if I can leave anybody with that is, you know, a lot of this stuff comes back to, you got to spend a little time on you. 
Mm-hmm. And we, 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 we've learned to take care of everybody else to the neglect of ourselves, but we still show up. You will show up in your interactions one way or another. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's so funny. I was actually having a conversation with my father yesterday that basically mm-hmm. said we are who we are and that can't change. Mm-hmm. But what can change is our behavior. So certain yep. will always trigger you. But if you learn how to manage them, mm-hmm. then you won't like, yeah. scream, you know, or flip out on someone. You know, you could be cool, calm and collective where the thing still bothers you, but you've learned how to manage it better. So that goes back to what you said, how the, having self-awareness and figuring out how to manage yourself. So I believe that is an excellent way, an excellent way or excellent advice to be a successful leader. Okay. So Joy, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel good. Um, I appreciate these questions kind of made me, one, I'm empowered by a lot of these questions because it actually is reinforcing for me my growth and just thinking through some of these questions, uh, questions that no one's asked me for a while um, because it's mostly about how we get the work done. So some of these things around how I show up and what I've experienced and what I've learned has actually re-empowered me today on walking out of here going, yeah, I've become a much better lead. I'm kind of dope Yes, <laughs> in having that moment. So I do appreciate these questions and this engagement. I really do. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Yes. And I wanted to like the idea of leadership. Like you said, we think about other people, but leadership starts with us, right? So we have to have our mind right yeah. and figure ourselves yeah. out and then we can actually effectively lead other people. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you having this conversation. I think that I'm not going to say that there are not enough platforms, right? There are always a bunch of platforms on how you show up, et cetera. But I think engaging this dialogue in this way and, and focusing on women and women of color as a lead, I appreciate you taking the time to build this platform and to engage women leaders and really allow us to have voices. So I do appreciate and I want to thank you for being so gracious as to share your platform with me and my voice right on this topic. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So Joy, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Absolutely. So as you already should know, my name is Joy Pittman. My website is www.joypittman.com and all information regarding how to contact me is there. By trade and profession, during the day, I'm a human resources professional. Um, And outside of that, I do thought partnership consultation, which is really designed to help people get their visions and business ventures logistically laid out and thought through, right? And our goal is to get you from thought to finish. So you have an idea, you have a venture, you have an event, um, and you're saying, I have this great thing, and I don't know, I know my what, I don't know my how. Our goal, my goal is to get your how through and to get you from the thought to the finish of your project or venture. I also do leadership training and coaching, and I do a lot of work and support with nonprofits and faith-based organizations. So if you want to reach out to me, again, my website is www.joypittman.com. My email address is info at joypittman.com. And so reach out to me through either of those venues, and I'll be more than happy to assist you or refer you if I'm not the right person to assist you. Okay. Thank you, Joy. We appreciate your insight today. 
Thank you for having me. And I look forward to, you know, working with you in the future and any other ventures that you have that might, I might fit into. So thank you for having me today. I really enjoyed this interview with Joy, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Joy's viewpoint on the importance of self-care to be more effective and productive. As Joy mentioned, our eating, sleeping, and exercise habits play a direct role in how we show up. Taking time to care for ourselves puts us in a better place mentally and physically, which leads to increased focus and the ability to get more done with the time we have. As Joy mentioned, we need to add more quality to our time, and self-care is a great way to achieve this. A quote by Katie Reed reads, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. I admire Joy's acknowledgement of originally not being a good follower, which as Joy stated, is also a part of being a good leader. Being able to support another leader in their weak areas without judging and ridiculing definitely takes maturity. Understanding and respecting the bigger picture helps to make this aspect of leadership easier. I love how Joy went back to her previous leader and apologized for her shortcomings. As Joy illustrated, successful leaders acknowledge their mistakes and learn from their past behaviors. I can relate to Joy's struggles with her face showing her thoughts and emotions as I battle in this area as well. Initially, I didn't realize I had this issue and would often wonder why people responded to me in certain ways. Once I realized that my facial expressions can be off-putting, as Joy stated, then many things started to make more sense. Learning to be mindful of my facial expressions is a constant battle that I will continue to engage in until I have mastered this craft. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Joy mentioned the benefits of expanding ourselves as we grow. I really enjoyed the analogy Joy gave about how trees grow in height while their roots increase in depth and expand in width. Successful leaders understand the need for personal and professional expansion and actively seek ways to expand themselves. I will make it my business to continue to expand myself personally and professionally as I aim to be a deeply rooted leader. One of my goals is to stand strong under pressure. So expanding myself is essential. A quote by Nikki Rowe reads, the chaos doesn't end. You kind of just become the calm. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you will be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. If you decide to take me up on my challenge, I would love to know about your key takeaway. If you care to share, 
please go to the She Leads Podcast discussion group on Facebook and leave your comment under the Takeaway Thursday post for Season 4, Episode 8. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Evaluate the Why Behind the What with Joy Pittman. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.